Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It will be a fight. And there'll be a lot of death, unfortunately. It will be a fight we will win. But a lot less death. But there will be death. People should be actually kept out of the country for at least 28 days. America is not prepared. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Butterfield Effect. This episode is very, very exciting. I'm talking to someone who I was really pumped to talk to. And, and uh, this is the really cool thing about uh, doing uh, this podcast is I've been able to talk to some people who are, I, I look up to and people who are in a sport that I'm extremely interested in and, and, and one that I spend a lot of time uh, trying to learn about and one that I have over the past few years actually started to get involved with myself. Uh, so to talk to the best in the world at that particular weight class and the best in Australia at this current moment uh, is an absolute honour. And I, I am pumped. I'm fueled by Cafe Lombardi coffee. Absolute killing it, gentlemen. Some of your best. Uh, fucking love your work. Mmm, not bad. Um, big couple of weeks coming up here on my channel. We've got a big merch drop coming up on the 1st of June. There's going to be 25% off everything. So things like these little, uh, these little, what do they call their pop sockets? You put on the back of your phone and you hold it. You can hold it when you're jerking the gherkin or whatever you're doing. It's all, uh, you can do whatever you want once you buy it. Just don't, don't uh, send me pics. That's fucking gross. Ladies and gentlemen, on the show today, we have an absolute legend. But before we get stuck right into it, make sure you check out the Clips channel. The link is down below. If you can't watch this entire video, if you can't enjoy the audio clips from this video, then head to the Butterfield Effects Clips channel. You can enjoy, you can digest them slowly, okay? They're just little clips. Not, not like little, little clips, but littler clips. Not an hour and a bit long. They're only a couple of minutes long, so you can digest them. Anyway, go and check that out. On today's show, Alexander Volkanovsky, a man from the... The Gong from Wollongong, a great man, and uh, well, the great man, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. He is the current UFC featherweight champion of the world. His record is, he's on a 17 or 18 fight win streak at the moment. He's only lost one, um, one fight in his professional career. And he's also got a professional boxing record of one win, no losses. So 100% there as well. He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and he fights out of the freestyle fighting gym in city kickboxing. Uh, he's from Windang in New South Wales. I don't know why I'm going through all these slats here. I'm just trying to channel my inner Bruce Buffer. Uh, currently weighing 66 kilograms. Now, 100, that's 145 pounds. He's uh, six, five foot six. Now that is an interesting point and we'll bring that up uh, later in the video. But ladies and gentlemen, please mate, welcome to the show. For the first time, the great man, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. How you doing, brother? You doing well? I'm good, man. I'm doing very well. Thanks doing for coming on, man. Well. This is fantastic. Oh, it's all happening. Jesus Christ. It's um it, mate. I've, uh, mate, I am currently jumping into a coffee. It's the middle of the day. I'm fasting, I'm jumping on the old. I'm trying to push that 18 hour fast out of 20 hours because I'm a freak. And uh it's all it's all it's all happening over here, getting hungry, but you know, it's uh you just got to mix it up and try different things. I mean, I've been watching you. You're, at the moment, you've, you've got to campaign yourself uh, with a, a training uh, schedule or regime um, that you're pushing on, on Instagram. Well, what's happening there? Because I, I, I've seen you train on like, that stuff you've, you've posted anyway. And like, that's some full on shit. You, you, your, your worth ethic, work ethic in, in regards to training is full on. Like you're known for your cardio. What, what's, what are people... What are people going to um, endure when it comes Maybe, to training with you? It's funny you say that because uh, so that's that's a probably a lot of people say that to me. They're like going, oh, you know, they really take it on, but they're like, man, because like, again, I've known that's what I'm known for: hard work and just getting shit done. So uh, 
But the thing is with this program, it's actually my, my strength and conditioning program. So this is sort of uh, a program that's sort of outside my, my fighting sort of schedule. If you get what it's, it's with, they, they cater to my, my uh, fighting training. And I'll be honest, my, my, my harder sessions and my, my, you know, my crazy sessions that people have probably seen footage of and be like, fuck that, yeah. would, would, be, would be in the gym uh, rather than my strength and conditioning. So this strength and conditioning program is more for you know, uh, you know, fundamental movements, injury prevention, uh, specific explosive drills. So you know, recovery is good. Uh, there's sometimes, a, you know, especially with that program, it was more of a home workout so that the, the load wasn't too heavy. It's all about moving right. Still get your heart rate up a little bit. There's gonna there's gonna be a bit of that as well. But you know, honestly, there'll be beginners that will you know, you'll get a good sweat out, but at the same time, you'll get through and it'll be very effective because again, it's all about moving right. You know, I was struggling with uh, back injuries but a while ago. That's why I went to these guys, and they've just uh, built a program for me to get my body moving. So I, whether it is you know getting to the gym or fighting or whatever it is, if I do have injuries, to work around it. You know, this is just so your body's moving right. So it's very it's crucial for me and very beneficial. And I believe so many people can benefit from that. But everyone might be scared that <laughs> they're going to get their ass kicked. No, that's good. People need that in their lives. I mean, for, for, for my perspective, when it comes to injury prevention, and, and I, I like you played a lot of footy growing up, and I want to get into that uh, later on. But when we, you know, there was a little bit, might be a 10-minute warm-up, you do a lap or you do a couple laps and then you, and then you get stuck right into it. I know a lot of young players who, who they go through the grades, well, they go through the, the rep systems, you know, and they get to a point where they've blown out a knee because they've been smashing, you know, massive squats, doing the, you know, PRs every second week, and then they're running and they're non-stop training. Where does that lie as far as professional rugby league with uh, the juniors coming through in line with the professional MMA fighters of the world, the UFC fighters of the world? Is the UFC a step above that? Is it is it somewhere on 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 par with each other? Man, it's the thing. It's different for for MMA fighters because each team or each fighter, they, you know, they're on their own. You know what I mean? So it's not really. You know, you can get information the UFC. You know, from the PI UFC PI uh, Performance Institute. You know, there is information that they will help you with. And if you've got any questions, they will do that. But other than that, well, especially before the PI was there. You're on your own. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You need a physio. You find your own physio. You need strength. You know, everything's there. But uh, for me, you know, we do the research. You know, we've got teams that do the research and, you know, and that's crucial. So the, the information is out there. But you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that just want to, who I oh, could be bothered spending time getting the body moving right. I just want to get, you know what I mean? I just want to go out there. But I mean, and then you wonder why people get injured. Uh, you know, again, I, I was... I was one of those guys, I'll be honest with you. I was one of those guys that just wanted hard work, hated warming up, you know, but now you realise how important it is, especially when I was having back injuries and, uh, you know, I was, it was back pain and it was, you know, it was, for, for a time there, it was like literally ruining my life and it was really getting to me, so I needed to make change. If, and, you're, uh, if you're one of those people, and I assume you are one of these people, I obviously don't know you, but one of those uh, quote-unquote hard cunts who just rip in, you know, and, and if you, if you, particularly as a young person, you're not so much focused on your warm up, your warm down, your stretching regime, you're using, you know, uh, using foam rollers, are you getting acupuncture, are you jumping in cryotherapy, all that type of business. But as you get older, I mean, you're, you're in your early thirties now, how much more of an emphasis you have to put on, on recovery so you can perform the week after. One of the things that I wanted to sort of bring up at the start of this podcast was uh, a bit about your history and and you know as a rugby league player you grew up in Wollongong yeah yep the gong the gong the beautiful gong um and and I mean what else do you do in that part of the world like you either play soccer or footy right and that's where yeah, well, your only options <laughs> uh man like oh there's plenty to do here mate there's God's country down here we call it nah look oh, again all right. I've been there once for about 15... Oh, no, I did a show there once. I was there for about four hours and I left. I was, it was night time when I came in, night time when I left. I'm sure it's beautiful. Okay, and you never came back, eh? No, it's... A, <laughs> you know, it just... Yeah, it's just... Again, like, you know, there's a lot of sports happening uh, down here. But, uh, yeah, because I've I, I done it all. I've done them all here. Soccer. I even wrestled. 
Uh, then I've done rugby league, and now I'm doing MMA. So mm. it's a, you know I've, I've done a, a fair bit. I've, I've always been uh, down here at the in the Illawarra. But yeah, man, it's just it's it's again like when you you're going back to to training and all these sorts of th- sorts of things, man. It's crucial. And again, back in the day, the knowledge wasn't there. But now through you know look you know look at the we've got access to all the information and uh, people look in the right spots you know and study you know uh, there's a, there's a lot out there and they are very beneficial we're all about that sort of stuff you need if you want to be at the the peak of your you know of your division or you know the peak of your body whatever it is you want to be the best that you can be you want to take uh, all angles and make sure you know if, even if you know they talk about the one percenters. They do, they do help, especially when you're at the, the highest level. People seeing you fighting in the 145 division uh, would probably find it hard to believe that you played front row for a number of years. Uh, was that your number one spot uh, playing footy growing up or did you did you move up into that after hitting the gym a little bit? No, nah, I mean, I've, I've always been a... Well, actually, I was a second rower when I was really young and then went into to front row. I remember even though I was front row when I was 97 kg, uh, you know, you could just imagine me. I'm five foot six on a good day and uh, 97 kilograms. So you could just imagine. And uh, so even when I started losing weight, so my last year of football, I I had a couple of fights and I started, and I was fighting at middleweight. So I had a fights at 85 and I was cutting weight. But, you know, I was, uh, so you can imagine, I lost a little bit of weight. So I didn't really have a, I didn't have a frame of a front rower at 97 you know, because I was so small, but, you know, I could, I could run pretty hard. Like, you know, I was pretty I hard to... You would have been so hard to fucking tackle, just this little yeah. man just coming at you. At, and I've mate, seen you run these hills too little, quick. Little tiny legs, mate, that's what it is. A little little short stumps, mate, they could move, I'm telling you. I bet. Hard to tackle, <laughs> brother. Even even when I was uh, at the la- later, the la- last year, so I lost uh, some weight and uh, they wanted to put me in... Uh, it was late a couple of years. They wanted to put me in... Uh, second row again and uh you know i'm a, i'm the type of guy again like you know i'm known for that hard work and give me the fucking ball and i'm gonna get us out of here even if we're in our if we're on our five meter line i'm telling get moving people out of the way give me the ball i'm getting us out of here that's just how i've always been yeah i was like you know once we get closer to the the finish everyone you know everyone wants the ball once you're near the try line but uh you know that's when i wouldn't get ball much but i was all i was always doing hit ups getting you know and the hard jack and i was all about that so uh, then I changed positions and went to second row and it just wasn't my spot. You know, I needed the, give me the ball and run. You know, that's just me and that's what I'm good at. Quick play the ball, run hard, tire these uh, big boppers. Again, get, you know, run the centre, get the quick play the ball. Again, I've got these short limbs and it's very easy for me to play the ball. So that was my position. So within a few games, it was like, nah, back to front row. 80, 80 kg back in the front rower. So it was, uh, it's pretty, it's funny. But uh, at the same time, the, uh, that was my position, man. I did, I did pretty good. A lot of people thought I was mad when I when I gave it up, but yeah, I bet. I now, bet. now look, now, now look at you. That, and that's <laughs> uh, that's something that I think a lot of people face is this idea of. Um, I've been reading this book, the uh, the uh, war, the what is it called? The fucking uh, war of art, not the art of war, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield, and it talks about resistance that you face in life, and whether that is making a change, making a decision that's going to better you. And for a serious period of time, it can be um, quite detrimental to the people around you. Like I'm sure when you gave up footy or, or you were doing, uh, taking this risk, taking on MMA, like your family around, I know you've got a young family. They would have been like, okay, this is, this is scary. This is a, there's a lot of doubt floating around, but if you're someone who's willing to, um, and, and the the war of art talks about people in creative fields, where and, you know sitting sitting down writing, making sure you do the work, put in the hours, and the same goes for uh, a, a physical activity, a sport, or whatever discipline you're trying to sort of uh, really uh, take on in your life. You have to put in the hours of work, and I think I think that anyone with that sort of base uh, of, as you said, you played soccer and you played footy, uh, wrestling as well. If you have that base, then you can you can almost do anything that if you're willing to put the hours in then you can reach the potential that that particularly you have in in a matter of what nine years since you started training yeah nine years nine years yeah since i did the first day of training so it's, fucking it's crazy insane. yeah it insane. is it is as with what you're saying there this is a this is a pretty good point so i understand what you're saying and i'm, I'm all about that when it comes to 
you are going to make sacrifices. Again, like for me, I'll be honest, uh, you know, for me to have, uh, you know, training partners and have, you know, like 20 of your best training partners, you know, over there in New Zealand, like when I'm here, over here, I've got, I've got training partners and, and things like that. But, you know, I, obviously when you're in closer fight, you want as many training partners as you can, you know, big gym and all these sorts of things. That's why I do go to city kickboxing. But I'm the type of person that I adapt to whatever it is. I'm lucky enough that I've got a family and my wife is very supportive and knows that I need to go and tra travel to get the training. But if she wasn't, like say she wasn't okay with it, and I wouldn't do it. That's so again, I'm I'm a I'm I'm dedicated to my family more than anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'm so dedicated to this sport because I do this for my family. Yeah. That's how I am. So I'm lucky enough that we do that. But if I was not in the position I was and say I had to stay at home, I'm the type of person that I will adapt and I will make it happen at home. I will do these hours. I'll do whatever needs to work. I'll, if I need to travel a little bit extra, you know, whatever it is, I will make it happen. I will adapt to the situation. And again, look, that, that happens through, through life, through life experiences from young age. You know, again, like you're going to be, there's going to be hurdles put in front of you. It's going to be obstacles. We need to adapt. And I just, I'm comfortable with adapting. If something goes wrong, I'll fucking fix it. Yeah, and you know, and I don't want to be, uh, you know, to be straightforward and a prick about it. But that's just how I am, and uh, I think in a sport like ours as well, mixed martial arts is a fucking roller coaster, man. There's so you many have to have that attitude. You have to have that attitude, and I mean, I, a, I, I, that was my attitude coming in with, with stand up, right? I, I was doing stand up for about five years. I was making, you know, some some room, some headwind. It was good, but I wasn't really kicking into the, the gear that I wanted to. And I thought, all right, YouTube seems to be the way to do it. And I said to my missus, I said you know, this has to work. I gave myself no other option. I said, this is the only way we're going to buy a house. This is the only way we're going to set up our future family. It has to work. So for a year or so, I put up like two or whatever videos a week and got no, no one gave a shit. And then all of a sudden it popped off and popped off and all that type of business. And the rest was sort of history. And, and without that attitude, I don't think I would have stuck through those, those moments. And I know it's, it's different to sport and MMA in particular, but it is the same sort of attitude. You just you get you get knocked down, you get back up, and you try again. You you figure out a way to not make the same mistake twice, and you just learn from every error that you make. And I, I think that's so important for particularly young people and young men to hear that there is a way forward. And um, you know, I, I train uh, in Newcastle here at Warrior World Gym, uh, MMA gym here here just down the road from my house. And and the guys who run it, absolutely amazing. Paul is a great person, and Tay as well. And we we go down there, and and it's a family environment. It's so different to the footy environment. I don't know if you felt the same sort of uh, feeling there. It's very very different. But those people push you forward, and I find that that's probably an issue in footy as well. Is um, because it's a team sport, it's not so much about, you know, the individual. You allow for the team to make up for the mistakes of the individual. So, therefore, you don't have to push that individual. Uh, you don't have to motivate them. You don't have to bring them in as tight-knit as you would someone who goes out into a cage and is by themselves, I, I, if that makes sense. I think it is, it's so important. And to be able to motivate people in a way that makes sense to, to each other. Now, some people might just be hard nosed and like you, you give them, you give them shit and you say, this is bullshit. And other people, you might have to mold in a different way. Did you notice the difference in the, in the, in the environment and the, the motivational tactics when you left uh, rugby league and, and came to the MMA? Yeah, man, the, the environment is uh, definitely, you know, a lot different. Uh, you know, it's two complete different, uh, sports in general and, and everything and then culture and then you know environments everything but it's a uh, you know and you again you can take so much from everything so I'm the, you know you can benefit from every little thing like what you just said with adapting so many people can take what we're talking about and use it in their everyday life even though it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about but that's just it adapting you know what I mean and things like that but uh, with uh, with the football uh, that was one thing that uh, I've quoted a few times where you know, I love the sport and, uh, you know, I love it. You know, I saw all my mates, you know, you know, I love football, rugby league, but there was times where I remember I'd, I'd be playing. I could have the best game of this, something that I've said, like, you know, I love the fact because again, I'm a hard worker. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, you know what I mean? And, and it's all on me in there, in that cage, it's all me. 
So, uh, you know, on the field sometimes, you know, if you want a couple of seconds off, yeah, there is, you could do it. You know, I might be letting my team down. You could have the best game of your life. This is actually what I say. You could have the best game of your life and still lose. Mm. You could play the best football you have ever played, make the most metres, score the most tries and still lose. Uh, you know, I guess you could say, you know, you can fight the best fight and lose in the octagon, but that's purely because that guy's better than you. So uh, rather than you, you, you know, you've got to rely on, on other people, which is, again, for me, I was always a type, again, like, uh, I don't want to let my teammates down. So if I see someone busting their ass and I'm not, I'm fucking letting that bloke down. You know what I mean? That can't, like, look at him, he's sitting over there. Busting his ass, making tackle after tackle, and I fucking miss a tackle, and you know that that fucking does my head in. You know that's the type of person I am. Yeah, I'm not saying everyone's like that, uh, but I think uh, it's a good way, a good way to be. So I've I've always been like, even in football, I, I try to be like that. But in MMA, I've got no choice but to be like that. You fuck up, you're getting your head punched in, you're getting your head punched through the canvas, you're gonna fucking lose. So if you're not fit enough, you know you better land that lucky punch, otherwise you're going into deep waters. Yeah, you could, you know, and they're not just that. You know, you could fucking be dominating the fight and they can land that punch. So, again, you need to – it's all on you in there. You know what I mean? And, and again, I, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that I'll put myself in the best position that I can to make sure I'll get the job done. So, yeah, it's just, again, they are two completely different sports, but you can take so much out of both of them. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed my time playing. And I played two positions as well, like you. I played fullback and under sixes. And then I played front row from then on until I was like 24. Uh, I finished finished playing at I think I was about 130 kilos and six foot eight. So very very similar to you. <laughs> you would be my worst nightmare. Just hit me around the legs, just gone. Uh, take me knees out. Um, but I lost a lot of love for the sport. I, um, I, I you know they banned they banned fighting. They banned the shoulder charge. And this was all around the same time that I stopped playing. And I, I talked about this with uh, Dan and Kemp, and I talked about it with a lot of other people about how the sport has changed, how there is no, unfortunately, there is no personalities in the game. No one's going out there. No one's playing that route of, you know, I want to go and smash this bloke or I'm better than this bloke or any, any shit talk. There's no, there's no risk for you to go in and, and, and put a high shot on a, on a halfback or a five-eighth. You know, the other front row from the other team's not going to come and take your head off. You know you're safe. Do you think that's a bad way for the sport to go? Do you, do you enjoy that the sport's a bit more professional? Would you like to see it go back to the way of the 90s? Because that, that's what I want. Let's, let's be real. That's what everyone wants deep down. You know what I mean? It's a, you know, you're going to make a lot of people upset by saying that or doing that. Like you, you will make, well, you'll make people be vocal about it, be upset. But let's be real. It's the majority are fucking loving it. Majority want to see people... You know what I mean? Again, you don't want it, you don't want the support to be known as a as a, a oh, they're just a bunch of grubs. You don't want that. But at the same time, people have seen it, even in the house sport, they want to clean it up. But at the end of the day, what do people want to see? They, they want to see, see blood. They want to see they blood. See stand toe to toe and just punch each other's head in. You know exactly. what I mean? It's just it's just in us. I think it's just, you know, it's from from forever. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, you know, I'd be lying if I, I said uh, I don't miss them days, you know, and, and you're right about things have definitely changed. They've definitely changed. Again, I, I, I agree with, with safety as well. But, I mean, at the same time, man, like, you know, it's, it's safety. Like, you, you could – things can go terribly wrong or, anyway. and no matter how safe you can do it. You get what I mean? Like, again, like, you could try and limit that. But at the same time, I don't know, there's got to be a good medium. A good yeah. medium. Well, at the same time, I jump in a car, I'm taking just as much risk every day. Yeah. So you're going to tell me, oh, no, you can't do this, this, this. Like, mate, you're going to let me jump in that car where someone could just come clean me up. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it's, again, like, I guess they could be like, oh, yeah, but we're limiting the numbers. Mm. I go, yeah, but you're limiting the interest as well. So It's funny it's to watch, one. yeah, it's funny to watch someone get knocked out and everyone freaks out. The game stops, everyone panics, you know, everyone's, the, the commentators are concerned and worried. And yet the next day you might be watching a USC card and everyone's standing, cheering, watching someone get knocked out. And 
in both sports, it's the same thing. This is this is a risk you take when you step into the cage or you run onto the field. It's it's strange to see the difference, uh, the different attitudes uh, between the sports. But mate, I I started watching the uh, UFC after watch after listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast since I was in year twelve. So I've been it's been some time now, and I, that got me into jujitsu and into MMA training, all that type of shit. And it is a far better sport. I love rugby league. I grew up with it. My old man played Origin and, and played for the Knights for 12, 13 years. But I love MMA far more than I do rugby league right now. And, and, and to watch you come through the ranks after nine years of training. I went through and watched um, some of your fights last, last night and the night before. And I watched probably about six or seven. And one of them that caught my eye was, well, there was a few that caught my eye, obviously. But the Darren Elkin fight, when he was moving forward, you were hitting him with absolutely everything, and this dude just doesn't doesn't drop. You know, his flat, his face is bloodied. He looks like a mess. What what's going through your mind when you're teeing off on someone and they just don't stop, mate? Like it, it's stuff. It's happened a couple of times. I've had uh, times where I just like sometimes I look at the ref. I've like, had times where I've I'm like, come on, man, stop the fight. I don't want to punch this guy in the head anymore. It, it didn't really get to that stage with the Darren Elkins fight, you know, but. I had a lot more, it's funny, I don't know if you heard, but I had a lot more uh, things to worry about in that fight. So I tore my intercostal muscle two days before that fight. And uh, so I like tore it. So like I could not move. Which literally. muscle Which muscle's that? Where, where's that? That's like a rib, rib cartilage. Right. So okay. it's much, you know, you've got rib cartilage yep. and, you know, you say you, you tear your rib cartilage or, you know, broken rib, like they're supposedly very yeah. all the same. You know what known, I mean? Known for being very painful too. It's it's a fucking nightmare. Put it this way. I may as well tell that story. Yeah. So this just shows you what I'm talking about, how fucking crazy this sport can be. So how emotionally, roller coaster, physically, just everything. It's a it's a, It can be so crazy. Sometimes it can go smoothly, but sometimes it can be a fucking roller coaster. So I was there, again, big, big camp. This was my first ranked opponent. So I, I'd spent a bit of time away from home. Uh, there was like five weeks was the most I ever spent as well. So that was hard enough for me. I ended up going over two weeks early to, uh, to Vegas to watch the boys fight, yeah, Israel Adesanya, Dan Hooker. And uh, then I fought the week after in uh, Boise. And then two days before my fight, I tear my intercostal muscle and uh, could not move. Like I'm talking like I, I literally could not move. I like get there and I'm like, oh, trying to stand. like. You can't even breathe heavy. You literally can't turn your body. Trying to lay down in your bed, like it takes you two minutes just to try and lay down. I'm still water loading. So yeah. I need to get up and piss while I'm trying to rest. You know what I mean? It's just, and then I, I remember getting up. It took me about five minutes just to get up. That's how long it takes you to get up. You've got a game plan. Literally fucking game plan. They're like, how do I get up? Or I'll turn my body here, do this, do that. So you can imagine. And I just had five weeks away from my family and it got to me. Mentally, I was just like, I don't, how can I fight? I can't fucking move. How can I fight? I just spent all this time away from my family and we don't fight, we don't get paid. I spent all this money, uh, you know, and I'm not earning big money back then. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, so I'm, it was, it's a struggle and it got me and I'll be, I'll be, I, I come to tears. So I sat there and I even, I start getting emotional, I start crying. And then it was hurting me so much from crying that I couldn't even fucking cry. So I sat there and I was like, I started like, oh, fucking, oh, oh. I'm like, I can't even fucking cry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like, literally, that's where I was at. And I'm like, fuck. And then I'm training, didn't train. Like, just trying to water load, get the weight down. Obviously stressing, because I could not move. I had the doctors say, look, you know, you could get a cortisone shot. But if you do, the commission might, like, the commission might pull you from the fight. I'm like, well, fucking, let's not do that. I'll just take guys like, no, the best thing I could do is give you any anti-inflammatories. And uh, he's like, oh, like, you know, you, you'll be surprised, you know, once you get in there, how much adrenaline rush can help. And like, and he goes, I might be able to maybe half the pain by then, like it was in two days. And I'm like, half the pain ain't going to be enough. I'm, I'm hoping like, you can give me a lot better than that because I can't move. Even before I, so I won't drag on. So you can imagine, you can imagine where I'm at. I go out there and then even uh, warming up, I can't even throw my right hand warming up yet. Cause uh, so I'm just throwing more jabs so I, can, so I don't turn my torso. Can't do any of the ground stuff. I'm literally I got to go in there, throw a couple of punch, punches while the adrenaline rush, and then get start getting the, getting the rhythm going. Oh, yeah, it sounds so like you need to take. Head, uh, 
in that fight. And then I've got this fucking guy that won't fucking get put to sleep as well. I'm like, fuck off for a minute, mate. Give me a break. No, it was, it was crazy. So I, if you've seen, I dropped him and I'm all about, you've watched, if you watch most of my, I'm all about punching people's head through the canvas. Ground and pound was a thing, especially in my early days. And I was too, like, I was too worried about jamming into him because I was worried I was going to hit my rib. I was worried, you know, I'd run straight into him. So I like sort of like crunched over to protect my rib. So that's why I went for them guillotines. I never yeah. do that. I never do that. But I've done that a few times in that fight purely because I was, I was head fucked from my, from my rib. So there's a story around that. That was, a, that was mate, if you want to, to know what fighting can be like, that's, Brother, that's, be that's insane. That, that adds so many more levels to that fight. And it's something yeah. you probably don't, you know, most people when they watch a card, they're sitting there and they're, you know, they're eating their, gyp, tip, uh, their chips and dip and they're having a beer or whatever. And you say, come on, these blokes, you know, bang. We want to watch them bang. We still want to see blood, all that type of shit. And you don't think about the mental state of the person, whether there's an injury. And I guess a lot of fighters, particularly after a five-week camp, would be injured, would be damaged in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And to come into that and, and then have to swing. And you think about... Uh, you talking about two days later, you couldn't. Two days earlier, you couldn't get in and out of bed without having a game plan of how to do it without minimising the the pain. And then you're throwing, you know, you're throwing bombs, you're throwing right hands, you're moving, you're twisting, all your body is working as one. Oh, that is just fucking insane. And, and then and then you got to deal with this prick who won't go down, and and yeah. you're successfully tagging him too. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a fight where he's coming back at you. Well, he, obviously he was, but coming back at you in a way where it's, it's damaging you and there's this big risk. You know, you're winning the fight, you're winning the rounds, and yet you're in enormous pain. You're trying to shelter that. And you're just trying to make through that 15 minutes of hell. Mate, and it's, you, again, like, you, while that's on your mind, there's, I remember being on the cage. I'm holding, and I'm just focused on, you know, I can't get into this fucking, you know, grapple match because i don't want to twist my body like that especially on load so i'm like sitting there like trying to stay as neutral as i can and like so there were so many things so many factors that i, was, I had to get my head around but now i wish i just didn't fuck more and just go out there because man adrenaline rush did help a lot really but i mean i remember i remember it didn't help when i threw my first punch my right hand i was about to i set something up i went to throw and i didn't because it wasn't there and it took the wind out of me straight away. I remember that. It was like, I actually got a bit of footage. I could actually show you that. I throw it and you see me go, and you see me bring my mom back in. I'm like, I literally, in my head, I just think this is going to be a fucking long night. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, what, so that's sort of where my What kicked at. off the adrenaline? Was it uh, taking a first shot or a jab or was it copying a kick? What was the, 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 the drop for the adrenaline? Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess the combinations. So when I so the heat of the moment. So if you are in there, even whether it is you getting punched in the head, or because a lot of it, instinct goes a long way in our fights. Obviously, we set up, we do a lot, but at the same time, there's a lot that you know you train your body to do under pressure. You know what I mean? So in them times, there's not there's not much time for thinking. You know what I mean? Luckily, you train your body good enough where you do things properly. And then, like, you know, halfway through that, you, you might, you know, again, as I'm coming out, watch this, watch that. But at the same time, the heat of the moment, it's sort of, it's sort of I wouldn't say a blur, it's sort of a bit of a blur. So uh, that's sort of where you'll probably sort of forget about it. So you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised where, where, where that, can, that can happen. So the same thing is even with, uh, with my, when I broke my hand against uh, Max Holloway. So I broke my hand uh, in uh, one of the later rounds. And I remember throwing and being like, oh, oh, shit, that's not good. Broke that. So I knew I broke down here. Fuck. And uh, But again, so so in the fight, again, I still got to win, right? So I can't <laughs> worry about this just yet. I still got this guy trying to take my head off. And he's a gamer. He's just going to come forward. So I'm here I am uh, trying to use my left hand. Again, I'm using my left hand when I'm setting things up. I'll go the leg kicks, left hand, left hooks. But as soon as... Heat of the moment, say he comes and engages, I'll throw on the right hand no matter, I don't care. I'm just going to throw it. It's just instinct. It's just going to go. I'll worry about the pain later. Yeah. So that so it was all right. So, But you could see me while I was setting, you see me as I was just jabbing. I'll jab, hook, jab, jab my way out, leg kick, and I was just using my left hand for a bit. But as soon as he really engaged, that will still just come over anyway. So it's a, that just shows you what I mean by in the heat of the moment, you're just going to fucking do what you've got to do.
and I guess that takes us through to the next fight against Chad Mendes. Uh, he he, it wasn't he didn't really drop you. You ended up on one almost one knee, falling backwards, and you're straight back up. But two minutes later, you drop him and win the fight in the second round. What happens in that moment when you've copped a good shot? You've 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 lost your balance perhaps, or you're a bit out of it, and then you're straight back up. Is it a is it a, is it just you know go through the motions and you just do what you've done a million times in the gym, or is it a is it a you know a a decision in your own mind that you're like, okay, I need to do this next, I need to do that next, and then I need to work forward. All right, so this, to get technical about it, without trying to chat your ears off too much about no, it. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. So when uh, he lands that shot, so again, I, I can see him starting to, to crumble and I put the pressure on, I can see him gassing. I've got him going to my rhythm, I've got him reacting how I want, I've got <clears> the pressure on hard, and I can see that. I've got him fighting my fight now. But as soon as he landed that, I had to, all, all I was thinking, I'm trying to let him know, I'm still here. Don't get, you know, because I don't want him to, again, he's just going to, again, now it's not me fight. He's not fighting my fight. He thinks he's hurt me. He's just going to go balls to the wall. Yeah, I can catch him coming in. But now I don't have him doing exactly what I want. I had him, like, literally I started getting him doing exactly what I wanted him to do. And then that's how deep, like, we, we get into it. But as soon as that happened, I knew he's just going to go nuts. So I'm just like, oh, shit, I bounce back up. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm like, I'm all right. Like, letting pop, trying to pop jab out, letting him know I'm still here, I'm still here. But he's still getting careless. And he lands another one. And I go down. But again, straight away, I wanted to get back in his face and let him know that, hey, I'm all right. You better pull up. And then as soon as I landed that left hook, I went back, I landed the left hook, and boom, like he sort of stopped. And I went straight back on the foot, and I sent him on the back foot. Got him straight back into my rhythm within seconds and that's when i could see in his face we got him we're yep. done you know so to be honest i wasn't rocked yep. i went down but i was i was there the whole time so it was just me in my head was just being like let him know that you gotta let him know that you're fine don't let him fucking get careless and maybe because he's explosive he's a dangerous fighter yeah don't let him think he's got it and just go balls of war and then land something you know what i mean so that's sort of where i was at and then I, as soon as i landed that that left hook and then i started a landed some jabs and I got him back on the back foot straight away. I could see it. I'm like, pour it on. So I just started pouring it on, you know what I mean? And, and I could see the, the, the beginning of the end straight after that. And, and post that fight, you are now looking at, you're looking down the barrel of a couple more fights and you're fighting for the belt. Something you've worked towards, you know, uh, for, for what, eight years, seven years at this point. Um, does the pressure sort of mount uh, at that point? Does it get, does it ever get too much? Does it get too uh, difficult to sort of continue this, the same way of training? Not for me. Not for me. I'm all right with this. So I'm a, even with these fights, to be honest with you, my hardest matchups in my division, I've already taken out. I literally have. Like you got guys like Chad Mendes. You, you don't call out Chad Mendes. No. I called out Chad Mendes because I knew that that's going to put me in a very good position to call out fucking Aldo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or whoever it is, whoever's at the top. So I call out Chad Mendes knowing that, again, this is where I'm looking at it. I need to be successful. I need to take out these guys. And for me to fast track my way through, I need to take out these killers that no one wants. I'll fight Chad Mendes. Again, he's a wrestler. Very powerful, dangerous sort of guy. So not many people want to want to fight him, but I knew I can break him. So again, that's not, again, you don't want to be putting pressure against someone that's so dangerous like that, be in his face. That was my, again, this fight was, if I try and play very smart and all that, like, again, he could still win because he's, he's you know, he's a, an athlete. So yeah. my way of winning, the way I looked at it was very effective. Put the pressure on, be smart, or put the pressure on, break him, get the job done. So that's a tough fight. So I already took that out knowing that the position for me. Again, with Aldo. Who fights Aldo in his hometown? Which I, I was going to bring up. That's fucking insane. They're all, the whole crowd, a packed crowd in Rio de Janeiro screaming, you're going to die. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's a hectic moment. Exactly. Who wants to do that? Who wants to put themselves in that position? Not just that. You're doing it to a guy that now you've got to fight him three rounds. They're saying he's never lost three round, rounders. He's took out, again, he might have had them losses against Max and, uh, and Connor, but he just murked two top contenders that were ready for title fights and just murked them. Uh, so, you know, he was taking out guys. So, again, he was still dangerous. Fighting him three rounds in his hometown. Not many people want to do that. But me, I don't – that's not how I look at it. I'm different. I'm like, I fight him. 
I'm the next in line, I get a fucking title shot. That's all I'm looking at. That puts me in a position where I can take that fucking belt. So that just shows you, like, there's some people are different, and that's just me. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what it is. You know, and, and not, not just that, he's a, another hard matchup for me. Stylistically, he's a very, very good counterfighter. Very, very well based, very strong, you know, almost impossible to take down. So uh, in that fight, you know, it's a tough matchup. But, you know, we had to strategize. We knew how to, how to get that win. I had to change a lot up for that fight. Just shows you how, again, you know, I don't want to talk, my, talk myself up, but it just shows you how versatile I am and how, you know what I mean, how I'm well-rounded, how well-rounded I am. Not only I can fight striking, wrestling, grappling, I can blend it together. I can change everything just to get the job done. And, uh, you know, and then you've got guys like, uh, like Max. Again, Max, a very, very good boxer. You ain't going to break Max. Another cardio machine. Another clever dude as well. He knows the game. So he knows things that I do well. I know things that he does well. Another hard matchup. So I took out three of the probably toughest matchups for me back to back. Why? Because it needed to be done to put me in a position. Otherwise, I'd still be trying to shoot through them ranks maybe. Yeah. It's not good enough for me. And I, there. Would... I, want there. I want that fucking belt. <laughs> and that's the attitude you got to have. That's the attitude of a champion. And it, and it worked. I mean, watching the Max fight... Um, 42 uh, strikes to the leg in 10 minutes in two rounds. Something that I think was almost a record or, or very, very close. It was a record for the featherweight. Man, that is, I mean, I've I've copped what? Maybe two leg kicks in my life at 80% and I was limping for a month. This is absolute, Max must still be limping after that. That is an absolute, just a demolishment, if that's even a word. Absolute carnage on his poor fucking thighs. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, again, obviously, it does hurt. Obviously, no one likes being kicked in the legs. But at the same time, it went, you know, it went deeper there. There was, a, there was strategy behind it. There was strategy in, uh, you know, breaking, breaking his rhythm. And, uh, you know, so there was a, it goes deeper. But at the same time, obviously, if we could get him, you know, he likes to stand heavy on that front leg. Yeah, he's, he loves his jab. He's rangy. And uh, he's really good at takedown defense because of that sort of stance he likes. Uh, but, again, we knew what he does good. And we knew how to sort of counter that and shut him down. That's what we did. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, no, his legs must have hurt. I go, fucking, so am mine. Trust yeah. me, my legs are fucking in pain. I still got, oh, no, I'll bring my fucking leg up. See Break her out. Break it out. Oh, no, you can't really see. I've got, no, nah, that little, oh, you can't really see. Is that calcification or? Well, just, yeah, like this was, it's, it's been a while now, but that was like a, a good solid cork on my bone or like I don't yeah, know what yeah. it was. But that was tender for a good good couple of months. Yeah. So I keep that good, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's better now, but you know, mate, it's painful. It is painful. But uh, again, man, it's just, again, I'll get the job done and worry about the pain later afterwards. What was the, what was the lead up to that fight like? Championship fight, uh, your first championship fight uh, in the UFC. Uh, this is the goal you've set for yourself. One of those attitudes that you had, where this has, you know, this has to work. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get it done. And now you're there. You're in. Uh, was it in Vegas? You're you're floating around for the week. What's you know, not even just the camp, but what's the what's the mindset like coming into that? Is it relaxed? Is it you know, are you running through the fight in your head a thousand times? What is it? It's uh for me, it's it's relaxed. I'm pretty relaxed. Again, I just try and I just try and be me. I try to stay composed, and you know, just I just don't let the pressure get to me. Uh, when I, I do try and, you know, obviously pay attention to the fight and think of how it could go down. But at the same time, I worry more about that while I'm training, stick to a game plan. You know what I mean? And there's, you know, that's where I'll do that. But other than that, you know, I'll, that's why I don't mind fight week to get your mind off it. I've got to, you know, do all your media obligations. You've got to water load, you've got to get your feeds and then you train. There's, there's so much happening where you can sort of keep your mind off the fight. Yeah. But you, don't, you obviously need to know you're fighting, but me being in that position, fight week that whole process lets me know i'm fighting but at the same time keeps me busy keeps me sane keeps me not worrying about fucking not eating and drinking so much water you know what i mean it's a yeah. it's just all it's i don't want to sit there and just be like oh i'm fighting for a title i'm fighting for a title i'm pretty good at not keeping my my head like that anyway so i'm, I'm pretty chill but again uh, you know for me there's a lot of pressure in trying to keep yourself so composed mm. again i'm a, I, I i believe that Going in there, there was a you know, strategy, and I had to work a game plan. I had to keep myself composed. If you want to stick to a game plan, you need to be composed. If you want to see what's happening in there as much, you know, the best you can, you want to use your brains in there. You want to, 
you want to be able to last the five rounds, you need to be smart. And to be smart, like you need to be composed. So I try and I'm trying to keep myself composed the whole week or whole camp pretty much where it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You end up having a lot of pressure. And then, but the beauty of it is once you're done, once it's all, once it's all done, you can just let it go. Fuck holding anything in. Let your emotions roll. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if I act like a little, whatever you would say, like, you know, a little, like, ah, whatever, you know what I mean? Let it go. Okay. Now I can, you know, now I get to really soak up the crowd. I can sit there, oh, God, crowd and go on nuts, cry, like, you know, I cry in the octagon, whatever it is, I can let it all go. I wouldn't let myself get to that, that state beforehand because I need to stay composed. You know, I've got my head, this is how I've got to be. And then afterwards, it's like, fuck that. Ah! Yeah, I think, that, I think that's the attitude of a champion. I mean, you, you look at a lot of people... It's about calm, and I've had I've had two other world champions on on this show, uh, Robert Whitaker and John Wayne Parr, and they're both very similar in that in that mindset where it's your job. You do it day in day out in the gym. You're going into it. You're going to get it done. You know what you're going to do, and in a sense, you've almost won it already. You know, you believe. I think if you go into a fight thinking you can't win, you, you're already beaten. You know, you need to go in with this attitude of of victory, and uh, that's something that I think follows that 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 uh that attitude or that um that feeling of resistance that i was talking about earlier on with that book is you know there's all these 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 things pushing you to feel negative about what's going to happen on sunday or saturday or whenever the fight is all these things giving you this mind trying to give you the mindset of okay i need to be fearful of that fearful of of what could happen what might happen but to be able to push through that and continually push through that particularly on your win streak, you know, that's giving you added pressure, right? Is, is that something that, that's in the back of your head? I can't lose. That's going to break me streak. 100%. That's four steps back, man. Again, <laughs> yeah. I, my family. My family's going to, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. Like, you know what I mean? It's going to be a struggle to get back to where I am. You know, it's going to be a more pressure on the family. So I, you know, I refuse to lose. There's no way I'm letting myself lose. There's no way I'm getting back in the line. You know what I mean? I ain't going to, I need that belt. I need to be successful. I need to, you know what I mean? The, the only way I can look after my family is to, to fucking win. Yeah. And that's what I've got in my head. But what you're saying is it's crucial. You need to know you you can win. You can need to know you're going to win. You need to know what you've got to do to win. But you need to know, uh, like, again, to stick to a game plan and all that, you need to know you can still lose as well. So you need to know you can't just oh, there's nothing, whatever I do, I'm going to win. I don't care. And then, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, all right, that's why we've got game plans, right? There's this strategy uh, because there's a chance that you lose it, especially when you find the best in the world, right? So you want to be, you know, you want to limit their chances of, of winning. So you need to stick to a game plan for that to happen. Yeah, I know I can win, but let's do it properly. If I just, you know, if I, you, know you get some fighters that I think, uh, you know, a good example is Luke Rockhold Bisping. Mm. Luke Rockhold, I don't even think he would have had a game. Well, you know, he would have thought literally like, I'm going to murk this guy yeah. so easy. You know, literally, not, I'm not having a dig at him, but like literally that confident that no matter what he does, he is going to absolutely bash him. Mm. But I mean, we're in a crazy fucking sport, mate. Anything can happen. So you've got to make sure that shit don't happen to you because again, look at, mate, he was on top of the world then. Look at the run he has now. And he will never yeah. be back there. Yeah. You've got to make sure you've got to be careful. It's a very, very fucking unforgiving sport. So you got to, you got to, you got to be clever at the same time. Know you can win, but know what fucking sport you're in because someone can take that away from you like that. It was great watching that Max fight because you, maybe after the second round, you could tell you were having a lot of fun. And you were talking, I don't, I'm not sure what you were saying, but it wasn't like one or two word jabs. It was like full sentences. You were having a conversation in there. What was going on yeah. between you two? See, man, look, I'm a, yeah, we're both pretty, pretty cool guys. He, again, yeah, we're pretty chill. Yeah, he's known to be chill and so am I. I'm not going to sit there and trash talk. But early on in that fight, this is what I mean by there's, there's a lot more that goes on. You know, that's probably why it's so good seeing like to even have these no no crowds and then to be actually see some of the stuff that you you know you don't really realize even the connections hearing the connections yeah. but hearing conversations and you know what i mean and then hearing the ref and the corners and all that there's so much more you can actually understand you'd be like oh shit there's a lot more than just these guys just fucking standing off the octagon punching each other there he was again he breaks people right 
So he was, there was strategy towards some of the stuff he was saying to me early on. He said a couple of things, not trying to be cocky, not trying, not for him trying to be, you know, disrespectful, but him to trying to tell me, he's like, I've got you, I'm going to break you. Yeah, that's what he does. So he gets in your face, then things he's landing, he's letting you know I've landed that. He wants to doubt, he wants to throw them doubts in your, your head. And I knew this, and I'm like, that ain't fucking happening. So I'd I'd land something, I'd be going, oh, that got you, or just little things like that. Because it was one time he uh, landed a shot and uh, got me as I was stepping, and it sort of like got me like off. So I like sort of, it looks like I sort of wobbled. I was never rocked, but I mean, you could see that it, it got me off balance. And he's like, oh, and he does this, like as in wobble jab. I'm like, what? You fucking, you really think that? And there was another time where he goes, like, because I missed the punch and he's like, you know, doing this as in, oh, yeah, I got you fucking bullfighting. I'm like, oh, this guy's trying to get in my head. I ain't letting that happen. So that's when I started, like, letting him know. I'd land a punch. I'm like, ooh, that got you. And then there was a couple of leg kicks. I'm like, oh, you know, that hurt you too. And then there was other times where, uh, like, there was times where I kicked his leg and it fucking hurt me. And he knew. And he's like, oh, he's like, ooh, that hurt you. I'm going, yeah, that fucking hurt. Like, it literally hurt me. And uh, there was times where I was even sitting there just letting him know. I'm like, oh, mate, we fresh. I'm fresh. I'm going all day. Again, just letting him know. I ain't breaking. I go, I'm going, you fresh? I go, I'm fucking fresh. I'm going all day. Like, letting him know that I ain't breaking. Don't even bother. But uh, so that's sort of a, a lot of the direction with it. But at the same time, I'm letting him know. Like, he tries spinning back kicks and, you know, doing things like that. And I'm like, going, ah, sick cunt. You know what I mean? I'm saying shit like that to him. I'm like, going, ah, you're a legend. Giving a handshake, he even said in his Joe Rogan podcast, oh, what were you talking about? He goes, I don't know, sometimes you'd be like, oh, no, yeah, you're the champ. Like, you're saying, like, I was saying things like that to him and he just didn't know how to take it. But, like, I was just like, oh, like again, it's a sport to me. I ain't sitting there, I'm not hating on the bloke. I'm not trying to kill the guy. I don't hate him because he's my opponent. Yeah, I want him to lose because like, I need to win. That's, that's it. So, that's just how I am. That's, that's how it was. But, again, it was a lot of the, the banter, you know, it was a little bit of banter. It wasn't too much there, but uh, just more just letting each other know that we're here. So I was just I was just letting him know that I ain't going anywhere. You ain't breaking me. I'm here all five rounds. Mm. So, so twenty five minutes after the start of the fight, you've had a, a back and forth, and it's one of these fights. It's sort of it's a it's a for me watching it and and you know being a let's say a white belt and a half uh, with with MMA. You sort of you look at both both of you guys and it's it's scary for both of you because you the both both opponents both people in that octagon are have the ability to knock the other person out and it's just this game of chess back and forth back and forth and you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the fight did you think you had won the championship yeah i was uh, pretty confident again uh i'm a i'm a i'm a hardest critic so i know uh, were we talking about earlier about getting punched in the face and like, well, for me, if I get punched in the face, I hate that, right? So I sit there and I'm like, fuck, he got me. You know, it's not good enough. You know, I'm competitive. That's him, that's him getting mine up. You know what I mean? And even though I'm landing, I remember the ones that he's landing and I'm not happy with that. That's why I'm always my hardest critic. I'm always, no, I could do better. So, so them things, they, they stay in my mind. So like, I'll remember that and I'll be like, oh, he landed a couple of shots there. I probably landed more, I don't know, but I know we landed a couple of shots. So I need to talk to my corner. So I'm talking to my corner each round. I'm like, how'd that go? They go, we're going good. So they're telling me, and towards the end, like, you know, they're going, you got this, look, this last round, he's going to go balls to war. You know, he's, he's going to get desperate. After the fight, they're telling me, they're going, look, you won, you're the champ, you've got this. They ain't taking this away from you. So once I knew they were saying that, I was like, all right, we got this. So again, I got my faith in them round by round. I'm asking them. Even though I might think I'm ahead, but again, you never know. Uh, so again, you never know what the judge is going to say either. But at the same time, I'm going to believe in what my coaches think. And, you know, they, 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 were, they were certain that we will win it. You know, there was a couple of rounds. Over, there was, I think, the second round where, um, you know, they were like, yeah, we, yeah, you might be up, but we don't know. We don't, you don't know how this goes. Don't worry about that one, yeah? We're not worrying about that last one. Keep going doing your thing. You need to go there. And then after that was like, all right. Yeah, we got this. Yeah. And, and you... And okay, you you got to be smart. And again, you got to listen to your corner. i got all my faith in my cornerman. And I just, just went along with that. And the referee lifts your arm. You've won the title. You've, you've succeeded in exactly what you said you would do. You collapse to the ground. You, you, to get that there. 
you're stoked. Like, man, what a, what a moment for you, for, for your family, your missus. It's, it must be just an insane feeling to have achieved something that you set out and you work every day for. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, uh, again, finally I can let go, yeah? That's what I'm saying, all this pressure. It's done now. It's done. Now I can relax. Now I can just let it go. Let the emotions, don't try and control your emotions. Don't try and stay composed. Fuck it. Let it go. Mm. And, uh, you know, I completely forgot about Dana White putting the fucking belt around my waist. I forgot that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happens. <laughs> I didn't even know. You watch back the tape and you just see me go to the ground, like, ah, just like any other fight. And then he's like sitting there waiting, like, oh, yeah, you've got to put the belt on. I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot about that. But that just shows you that. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I just play every, every second as it goes. I just yeah. play what's in front of me, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of people rehearse and, you know, they picture putting that belt around their waist and all this sort of stuff. So that's a, you know, for me, that wasn't it. For me, it was a fight. You know, that's what I, that's what all my focus was. That's what, what I was picturing. I was picturing what I'm going to do here, what I'm going to do there. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I'm just a little bit different to some people, I think. One of the things that I've, I've been asked before is uh, when I go and do a show and my name's up in lights and it's like, you know, live tonight, Isaac Butterfield sold out, yada, yada, yada. One of my mates asked me, he said, what's that like? Is that like, you know, a really amazing moment? I was like, yeah, it is, but it's just normal now. Do you think that now that you're, you're the champ and you've achieved that, do you, is that something, you know, do you kiss the belt every night or is it just normal? This is what, this is what, is, this is what I've achieved and now it's on to the next thing. Man... <laughs> You're 100% right, man. It's just normal. It's just normal. I, uh, again, it's not that, uh, again, like, it's so much bigger to me than just, the, like, I mean, the, what I do is so much bigger, not, not the belt. What I do is so much bigger. See, a lot of people fight, uh, they want to win that belt, and that belt's everything to them. That belt is still means, me getting that belt means the success. Yeah, I'm doing, but again, it's, I'm doing it for my, my country, my family, my friends, my teammates, my coaches. It was so much bigger than just me getting this fucking belt. Like, honestly. So I, there ain't a rule. There's no connection where I sit there and be like, ah, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, the, the rule, it's so much bigger than that for me. So uh, that's why, that's why. But I love, what I love seeing is the people around me, how much they appreciate it, how much they love, how much it means to them. That means a lot to me. I see people and I show them and I can see because I don't get this reaction. I really don't. Like you said, it's normal, right? I look at them and they look at this belt and they're like, man, you can see in their eyes, like, oh, like, look at what I'm doing. Man, congratulations. Yeah. Like, you know, you can see they, they like, they're lost for words. I love seeing that. Again, it's like, this is why I'm doing it. These are people that have known me since I was a young kid that got to see me success and wanted me to get this belt. I finally did it, you know what I mean? But for me, it's much bigger than that. I do it for I do it for them. I do it for my teammates. Again, I do it for so much more than just me getting this belt. I do more, so much more for my legacy. People talk about legacy, and that's not what it's about for me. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know how people will take that. But for me, it's so much more bigger than that. Mm. Again, you know, I love seeing. I love seeing the, the Aussie fans. I, you know, I've got a Macedonian and, and Greek background. You know, I love seeing them supported. I love seeing them. You know, lift their fags and, and being proud. And my family. Knowing that I'm coming back home with that win, with that belt, you know what I mean? That, you know, I get to take this belt home to my family. That was big for me. Holding the belt, you mean, there's videos of me holding that fucking belt. I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, you're the fucking champ. Wake up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why don't, why don't you, why isn't this thinking in properly? I've got videos of that. I posted that up on, on my Instagram. Because that's just that's how it is. Again, it's so much bigger. Then I go and I show people. Oh, and I love it. I love seeing yeah. it. I think it's a very weird thing. It's like when you have something that you work so hard towards, it's like, unless you have the attitude of, okay, what's next, you won't stick around. And that's been my sort of, my sort of uh, mindset with, with stand-up is like, okay, if I can sell the Enmore Theatre out in Sydney, 2,000 people, all right, let's do 4,000 next year. You know, that's, if you don't have that uh, mindset, then you just sort of fall to the wayside. And I think that's how a lot of people, if they don't have that, that that goal, the the thing they're moving towards, constantly moving forward. You see it with um, you see it with people who retire from sport. You see it with people who retire from work. They they move backwards. It's it's yeah. a scary thing, and it's something I think you have to mentally fight against constantly throughout your life. Otherwise, you always face that risk of moving backwards. And and I think my, like most people, like yourself, 
moving forward and achieving new things and, and, and breaking these goals and breaking down these barriers is the best thing that you can do, whether it's in sport, life, family, whatever. I think, yep. I think that's the, the guaranteed mix with hard work to becoming a champion in anything. Yeah. And what you're touching on is uh, such a good point. And uh, I don't know if you've heard Dominic Cruz say this once. <clears throat> They're like, they gave him the belt and be like, are you happy you finally got the belt back? You know, you, you know, is, is it happiness? And this, he goes, oh, whoops, sorry, mate. He goes, the, the day, uh, the day I was happy is the day I knew that I didn't need a belt to make me happy or something. You're going to uh, forget these exact words, but it was along them lines that, uh, you know, happiness when you know that you don't need a belt to make you happy. Yeah. And the way he said that, and it just, it's real deep. Uh, Man, I wish I nailed that fucking, I don't think I nailed it properly. But it, it, go check it out. It's actually really, really good. But again, how I look at that, I don't need the belt. I don't need to fight for a belt for motivation. I don't need that belt for motivation. It's much bigger than that for me. Mm. So that's why, you know, people be like, oh, you know, oh, you know, are you going to lose motivation now that you're a champ? Now you've got the challenges chasing you. I, was like, I ain't fighting for the belt. You know what I mean? Mm. It's much bigger than that. So, and what he says, what Dominic Cruz says there makes so much sense to me. That's exactly how I am. Absolutely. I don't need that belt to motivate me. It's much bigger than that. And I'm going to be, be. Yeah, motivated even fucking way. Don't, I don't need to fight for that belt to be motivated. Money can't do it. Belts, uh, you know, material objects can't do it. I was the same when, when I became a comedian. I was seen as a professional and all that type of stuff. I thought that when I made good money and I had achieved this goal that I had for years of being a comedian, that I would, be, I would have no problems. But they don't go away. You just be, happen to be someone who has problems and more people know who you are. That's the only thing that changes. And I, I, I think that's just so... It's, it's a crucial thing to learn and to learn at a young age like you did and like I did. And I, I assume that Dominic Cruz did as well. I think that's going to be beneficial for everyone's uh, you know, life as soon as they sort of come to address that. I think um, when you just said you had another podcast before this, so I won't keep you too long, but I want to know, I want to know what's, I want to know what's next. Who, who do you see in, in, in your division? Who do you see in the division above yours? Do you go up? Do you go down? Where do you go? Yeah, and that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, and one thing that uh, you know I'll stand by is I'm not chasing other divisions. I'm not chasing other fights besides my the guys that deserve a shot at my belt. You know what I mean? So I'm not chasing them. But if they were to come to me, these opportunities come my way. Different story. I'll you know I'll take them. But right now, you know, I've got a def- I've got a belt to defend, and you know, I'm competitor. I I want to compete. I need to get back in there. You know I'm sick of waiting around. Get well, me back how, in there. You know, how right? can you compete? You can't leave the country at the moment. Is that? Well, I, re- I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I think uh, things are starting to change. We just had a boxer, Anthony Malone. He's just gone over to Vegas. He's oh, really? He's going to defend his world title. So oh, there, there are things you can do. So, so for, work, have, for work, you can travel. Uh, yes. So, uh, ex- you know, uh, you know, we, I want to fight. You know what I mean? And that, that's it. So I'm like one of the, I'm like one of the champions that, Give me these, you know, I'm, I called out fucking all four of my contenders. I said, if this fight island's a fucking thing, who's ready to go? I called out from one to four. Max Holloway, uh, Max Holloway, Ortega, Zabit, and Korean Zombie. I called all four of them out and said, who wants it? Yeah, not many of them got back to us. <laughs> so it just shows you, mate, like... I'm not, I don't give a fuck, mate. Again, I've got, I got, got a job to do and let's take out all these guys. To, again, my goal isn't to be the greatest featherweight of all time, but, you know, that isn't my... Okay, it is a goal. It is a goal. But not because I can say, but, I mean, that's success. That's, a, you know, that's... A, yeah, it's putting me and my family on the map and that's me being successful with my family. I need to keep winning. If I want to make that money for my family and I want to really build a name for myself and really build... My empire, these are things that I need to do. And I want that empire for my family. So and I, mate, let's just pick them all off the list. Tick you, them all off the list, one by one. Bring them all on. You've got that skill. You've got that power. And I, mate, I, I wish you the very best to create that dynasty for you and, you and your family as well. And Alexander Volkanovsky, the champ, thank you very much for joining us here today. Um, that's fucking it, bros. All over it. What, what, give yourself a plug. What can we, where can we catch you on? What's your Instagram? All that type of business. Instagram, Twitter, at Alex Volkanovsky. Yeah. So that's a, yeah, so social media, pretty easy to find. 
I'll, uh, we have a website up and running. Uh, we got uh, just a couple of things that we're working on. Keep an eye out for that. Everything's going to go through there, make things easy. Thanks for the support. Thanks for having me, my man. And hey, I think we're going to have some news very soon, so make sure you stay tuned. Fucking oath. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Uh, I don't have much else to say, so uh, be a good motherfucker. Peace in the Middle East. Be dick stinks, and I'll see you all very soon. Toodaloo. Au revoir. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.